Welcome in to the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Is your host, Amon Green. What's up, Harrison? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amon Green, like my man Harrison on the ones and twos in Lincoln, Nebraska. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Uh, had a great New Year's. How was yours? Starting yeah. off 2024. It was good. You know, spent it with our family and a few friends and just just relaxing now. Just uh, We got about another week or so till I'll be back in Lincoln uh, a little bit over a week. I'll take that back a little bit over a week. I'll be back in Lincoln soon. So just trying to spend much quality time before, you know, with my wife, with the, my grandchild before I head back up North for the little bit of colder weather, but then uh, mm-hmm. uh, get back to work, get back to the grind, you know? Yeah. It looks like grind. you got the fortress yeah. down behind you. It looks like that you managed yeah. to get that done over the break. I start working on the room today. <laughs> as you can tell, I got the, I got all the boxes that was over here to my left out of here and i got a haircut if you haven't noticed i cut everything off i was like I, I i can't go where sometimes i couldn't get braided up right away i'm like nah no nah, okay i got clippers <laughs> my clippers are in lincoln so if, if, I, if this is my look it's gonna be real easy to for me to self-adjust and, and clean up real fast <laughs> fair enough uh but i mean plenty of things to dive into college football yes. over the holidays was awesome nfl Great, amazing fantastic Amazing. especially being a bears fan made the fields conundrum yes. a little more interesting but i'll take a win heading into green bay for the last week but nonetheless where do you want to start with we can talk college football on what really was one of the best if not the best you know having a hard time to remember when it comes to the college football semifinals. i think that's about yeah, as playoffs, good right? as it's gotten yeah i can't think of too many other things but where do you want to start off with Amon? No, we can start with college. I'll say start with there, and then and, and then we get into the NFL a little bit. But, yeah, college football, the last week and a half after Christmas, basically, was where the bowl games, obviously, high, higher caliber teams, a little bit higher caliber players, and we just saw games being played uh, with a lot of emotion. You know, it wasn't obviously every team that was in the playoffs. So the teams that weren't in the playoff uh, games – they still play. Like I remember watching the KU UNLV game. That was the day after Christmas. The uh, I think it was the Tony. It might have been Tony the Tiger Bowl. It might have been the Grasparilla Bowl. It was some crazy name bowl game. But you would have thought it was a rivalry matchup because I saw KU uh, uh, Leopold, who coached at Whitewater for a long time while I lived in Wisconsin, had his KU Jayhawks man playing really good. But then UNLV was like, we're not going to back down. You know, we're not just going to, you know have y'all come into our state actually was in the videos i think might have been the vegas bowl or something i think it was in nevada too so that might have been the reason unlv was a little little scrappy because they were playing in it was pretty much a home game for them and i saw pushing and shoving but i didn't saw good football i went down to the wire and i think i know kansas ended up winning the game but just seeing that type of uh type of emotion played in the game that for most and for the guys and players and teams and, and universities that are fighting to get into the playoff next year, it'll be a lot different. It'll be 12 more teams at it. So then it'll be a lot more teams that we saw like Liberty 13 and 0 and 
uh, Florida State, 13 and 0, that missed out. Mm-hmm. Now get the opportunity next year. But this year, still a lot of good competitive team uh, bowl games that were going on here. And then the college playoff game, I think the semifinal games, I mean, I think they were definitely up to par of what football should be should look like when it's playoffs added to the equation at the college football level because we've been seeing it in the ncaa basketball bracket men's and women's for years now and it just works right Mm -hmm. we get the march madness everybody's making out a bracket or if you're not making out a bracket you are sitting come thursday to sunday you're watching the games and for about a month and so now that feel i say next year definitely but that competition that we saw that I watched for Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas, uh, it just showed you basically that how prepped some of these teams were um, or how not prepped they were mentally more than anything, because we know this is a physical game. But I think mental came down to the bones of it because you saw, you know, let's start with the Washington game. You saw a team in terms of the Huskies. What I saw was. We didn't, you know, I hadn't watched a lot of Huskies this year. I only seen a couple highlights here and there, and then mostly everything of Penix Jr. Right, what he's done. Probably the Oregon matchups. That's when most people are tuning into the Huskies. Correct, and I only seen you know him highlights of him and Mm -hmm. going to the Heisman out to New York and you know leading his team and them stating their case on why they need to be in the FBS uh, playoff. And so watching that game against Texas, knowing the type of football that Texas is known for. It's a hard hitting, hard, you know, good running backs, a good old line and wide receivers. And so they I say they Huskies pretty much was able to, I say, defend them very, very well, uh, keep them out the end zone and cause problems with their offense, not let their run game get going, not let their they had a couple, you know, they had some receivers that went up and uh, high point the ball, did, a, you know, got most a few guys. But overall, <laughs> the Huskies. They were the team that was more, even though they're, I look at them as a finesse team. They're not real super physical, but they they dominated. And they dominated a team that I think a lot of people didn't think they were going to dominate in terms of the Texas Longhorns. And I saw that. And so it just the, set up the matchup between them and Michigan. It's, it's just it's going to be interesting because we know Michigan has went through the gamut for over the last four, three, four years. They got in here the first time. They got, they got their butt kicked. And now they evened out the playing field because that game, as we saw, they went blow for blow, play for play. And I think their defense is what obviously complimentary when you have that, when you have a defense that steps up to the plate and says, it puts, you know, the other team in a dilemma, creating turnovers, making mistakes and not basically giving them enough space to breathe, to function as an offense as I'm talking about Alabama's offense and uh, Mil- Milrow mm-hmm. trying to be the athlete he was. He was trying to he, – he made some plays, but diff- you know Michigan made it real difficult on him. And that's what you're supposed to do as a defense. You can't make a – you you want to make a good athlete. You want to say to them, hey, if you're really this good, show us. And so – but because we, we're going to put the pressure on you. And they did. Uh, Michigan's defense, they, they hit hard. They slowed the run game down a little bit enough to where the team – I think what was the score? Seventeen to thirteen. Or yeah, something? the exactly. the final final score was twenty seven twenty. Michigan twenty seven twenty. Yep. But still, yeah. But it was until the second half where things started to actually open up for either team, and then going into overtime, right? And and then once that overtime, just uh, seeing 
you know, having that conversation with Blake Corum, knowing that at the Big Ten media days and how excited he was to be back because of the knee uh, injury from the previous years where he was on the bench. And he said it in the postgame interview, you know, this time last year I was out. I couldn't play. I wasn't playing. And now I say for him, getting that ball, regardless if it was in that overtime run, but you saw in that overtime run the determination of what he needed to, what he wanted to do, that what he was going to bring to that uh, tech or that Alabama's defense. He's like, look, I know, I think he might, he was on that team a couple years ago where they got beat by them. So uh, him getting that handoff, it was just all pure, you know, grit as a running back that drops his shoulders. And no, I don't think anybody was going to stop him getting in that end zone um, the way he ran that ball. So it just, it was just a, 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 I say finally a, a play out of what this Michigan team has been through this past year. I mean, I share the same sentiment in terms of being somebody under the, the scope, the microscope throughout the whole season, being on a team that is being ridiculed because of what's going on with your coach and self suspension and illegal things going on that, but you still got to focus and play football as an athlete, as a football player. And that team, that's what they decided to do instead of getting caught up in the, the media news and what was true and what was not true, regardless if it's true or not, they still had to play football and they did. And right now they're uh, setting themselves up in a good position to potentially have a national title. And it's going to be interesting because like I said, with Washington, even though we were finesse, they were able to handle a physical Texas team. Now Michigan is going to be the next physical tech, physical team that they have to face. So it's going to be interesting if they'll be able to get to that level of handling them offensively and defensively slowing down their D-line to let Penix throw the ball. And then defensively, can they get, um, can they slow Corum down and they, can they slow uh, McCaffrey down and, and the receivers keep them at bay too to keep them out of the end zone because we saw against Alabama and we know what type of defense they have. They they worked, they pushed, and they worked for their, their yards and their touchdowns, but it wasn't easy out there. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Washington be able to try to do the same job. Yeah, watching those – in hindsight, being 2020, I wonder if Alabama almost being on the other side would be better. But at the same time, I underestimated Washington a little bit. I thought Texas would have the edge in that one for the exact things you're talking about, the physicality. But Michael Penix Jr., he is he's going to be, I don't know what his ceiling is, but what he showed in that game, I mean, he was throwing it on a dot over and over yes. and over again. He's going to be a in problem. Windows, small, yes. tight windows. Like a window be like this. Well, that's He's what was so just impressive, just reading him on the offense. I mean, he would see the seam open and understand that I'm going to have to wait and I'm going to have one split second to throw this, like you said, in that tight window. And he was doing it consistently all game long. So I don't think there's going to be anything different in that next game. It's going to be up to Michigan if they can stand up to it. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I think Washington's the biggest thing they'll probably be looking at heading into this game is what gave Alabama a lot of problems on offense. Alabama could not afford those third and long situations. That Michigan mm -hmm. defense pass rush was getting in there, getting in there uh, in only just a couple of seconds after the snap. I mean, for third and long, for that first half of the game, every time it was third and long, it was going to be either a punt or a tackle for a loss or a sack. Alabama really struggled to do anything. So I think for Washington, that's going to be the key. And you talked about it. Is Washington physical enough to get that run game going strong enough so they're not sitting there third and 11, third and 15, third and 10, whatever it may be? Because that's going to be mm -hmm. the big key for me because I think Michigan, looking at it, they're probably, they looked like the strongest team. I think Alabama was good as well, but you saw what they did to them in the second half. I yep. can't quite explain the center woes for Alabama, 
I think on that last yeah. play there, that was actually supposed to be a jet sweep, but it turned into Milrow having to run up the middle off a bad because snap. Because of the because of the the snap. The mm -hmm. snap was a little low and fast. It was low and fast and like almost hit him in the gut where he's like, Oh Yeah, had to go with it. <laughs> and and what happened, that brought off that took off his timing and his read because the read, if you watch that play, it was a quarterback power. Usually when the sit when the guard or whoever the old lineman is pulling around. If you're in the right position off his outside hip, you want to bounce it outside. You don't want to go inside. Mm -hmm. And this is a point in a game where you know you got to get the ball. It, is. it was, what, fourth down, correct? Yeah, it was it was, a lot, yeah. they needed it. Last play. So the last thing I'm thinking as a runner is I'm going to bounce it. I want to run inside. I said, no, I want to bounce it outside because then either I got one, I got somebody outflanked where I could outrun them, or two, I got somebody where I could pick the outside of their body. If I split a defender in half, I used to do this all the time. Split if I look at a defender, I you know split him in half. I want to take his weakest point, which at that time it'll be to his outside because then I got the edge, I got the speed, and I got the power. So even if he puts an arm and a shoulder into me, I have momentum going to the outside away from his power, which is center of his body. I'm gonna pick a side and exploit that side. And he was able to he's done that previous games, right? Running the ball. Yeah. And 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 breaking the line of scrimmage. But this time Michigan was ready for it. And then unfortunately, like I said, that weird, awkward, bad snap that that delayed and took his read off where his eyes should have went. That happened a lot during that game, too. That's the, whole that, game. That's the one thing I I do feel bad because I feel like Milrow got a lot of slack for that game and his performance. So I'm like, man, he – it reminded me of Adrian Martinez when we had our center woes. Uh, and fortunately, right. turned out to be a fantastic player. Shout out Jurgens. But for a while there, it was woe after woe, high snaps, and it was sending Adrian Martinez up to take off, run up the middle just to in order to save a few yards to try to get anything. And that seemed to be the case for Melrose a lot. We do have Bryce chiming in here. I agree with you. He says Washington seemed like the more physical team in that game. I do agree, and I think that's what surprised me the most. But I do have a beef with the college football playoffs this year, especially if you're on the East Coast. My Lord, if you were on the East Coast, uh, you wouldn't be done watching college football until 12.51 a.m. Ooh, there was I always wondered about that in the yeah, Rose Bowl late. 61 minutes worth or 60 60 minutes worth of hours. So basically it's an hour worth of ads right there. Uh, you oh, look at the wow. Sugar Bowl, same thing, 57 minutes rounded up. So you got an hour worth of ads for both the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. It's always started at five, so it's nothing new there. So, yes, if you're watching those mm -hmm. college football games, the commercials are getting longer. They seem to be more frequent. Because um, yeah. looking at past years, I haven't seen anything be over an hour like the Rose Bowl was. So for everyone watching on the East Coast, that had been a long day. That's my biggest beef to pick with it is the commercials. I felt like were a little bit insane, taking the momentum out of the game. Uh, when you were playing in those big situations, I know the ad times weren't as big as that. But did it ever throw you off as an athlete when you start getting to those media timeouts? Um, not myself. I got used to it. I guess once I got to Lincoln, it was no big deal. But for my teammates, they hated it. I know in Green Bay, Brett hated it. He would talk to the the guy that would come out with the big orange gloves to kind of let us know we're on a TV <laughs> timeout. And he'll be sitting there. He's like, hey, man, just go back to the sideline. He's like, I really don't like you. We're warmed up right now. We're in rhythm. I'm doing this. You know, he's going off on the guy. And the guy's like, look, I, I don't run. The commercial. I'm just the signaler. He's giving Brett that look. It's, it was so funny. And so for me, it was like part of the game. So I got used to it. So I didn't let I, my biggest thing, other than being on the Madden cover, I was like, look, don't let 
nothing else throw me off while I'm playing my game. You know, this is just a TV timeout. We got extra minute or whatever we got to do to sit out here. You know, let's warm up. You know, in, in Lambo, if it was a cold like at this time of the year, you sit there, do some high knees, some butt kits, keep your body looser, go back to the sidelines if you got a minute and hit sit on the uh the blower so mm-hmm. you get the warm air just for a few more seconds. And then you run once he gives you kind of like a like a, a five second like wave, like you run out back there in the huddle. So for myself, no, but for some uh, most players, I'm a little different. I'm patient. Most players were impatient. They was like, no, nah, man, let's keep, we're, you know, we're in rhythm and defensively they might have momentum or offensively a team might have momentum. And it's like, man, God dang timeout. Our coaches really <laughs> hate it. That's one thing I know for sure. Coaches did not like TV timeouts. Well, it's a, it's just a, you were pocketing timeouts and you, you know, you're like, I got the other opposing coach in a tight spot here. Here comes a freebie media timeout. He gets to save one in the pocket and he can quick adjust what he saw. He didn't right. like out there already. I know as a fan, most fans are on the ladder of, incredibly impatient i uh no it really stood out to me so i had to point that out an hour worth of ads for both of those rose bowl and the sugar ball again sorry to everyone out there on the east yes. coast that's gotta, gotta be make brutal. money yeah i mean it's it that's was one insane thing. but i do want to talk about funny. a few go ahead go ahead here i'll just say real quick um on twitch i remember i started streaming in 2016 and i and i Got all ready to go and hyped up. Like, man, I'm running my own TV show, right? I'm thinking that. Like, I got to put TV ads in here. Mm-hmm. And, da, 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 da. and I found out real fast that none of the chat people in the chat was like, man, why are you running all these commercials? This is terrible. Stop running commercials <laughs> of mine. <laughs> so, yeah, it, in, in the streaming world, do not. If you ever stream, Harrison, do not run uh, commercials. Twitch does it automatically. And I think YouTube does it, too. And I'm not sure about Kick. But, yeah, on Twitch. They they do the, the the fans in the chat do not like the commercials. You just lose all your followers. <laughs> you throw a commercial. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. I I want to ask you about one more game here. Um, a game that had the worst representation of the Big Ten so far in all the bowl games. We talked about some of the oddballs stepping up, like Northwestern. Uh, we did have mm-hmm. someone chime in from the starter Heyman text line. Again, you guys can do that anytime. 402-464-5685. And any bowl games you thought were in particularly interesting, Wisconsin, LSU, Wisconsin, for yep, real chance there. I one. thought I know I understand LSU doesn't have Jaden McDaniels, uh, but at the same time, yep. that is a good team. And it looked like we talked about before, Wisconsin team where it meant a lot more to LSU. And I think LSU got surprised a little bit, had to wake up. Yeah. They eventually get it back. But the team I'm referring to, uh, they scored just as many points as Nebraska did going bowling this year with a whopping oh. zero. Iowa loses to 25 ranked 20 Tennessee 35 to zero. Wasn't ever a game. I, no. I was surprised. I thought Iowa's defense was be able to get a hold on a little bit. I knew offense would be hard, but right. to get blown out by 35 in allowing that much offense is what what really surprised me about Iowa. Yeah, and then Iowa looks good on paper but watching the game watching the nebraska game this past season and watching the games previous just to kind of get a a take on what iowa looks like offensively or defensively just team wise i'm not surprised because their offense is i mean it has even though it has players but it's just it don't it doesn't work for whatever reason, you know, if it's the scheme, they got so many NFL tight ends. Line, it doesn't make sense. together <laughs> with the run to the pass. They just don't move the ball mm-hmm. offensively at all. It's like, it's, I say the worst thing of something in football, which is very rarely said, but it's like watching paint dry. I was like, this offense is really, but the good thing is for them in big 10 play, their defense was amazing. 
it would they were able to slow teams if not shut teams down they could they slowed michigan down to what 20 points but they mm-hmm. scored nothing you know in that last season finale for our last one of the tail end games for them they played michigan right a few games after we did or what have you and iowa yeah they played great defense but they only held Michigan to 20 points, but they scored no points. So it's just something that they got to obviously work on there in Iowa City um, and, and think and find some maybe obviously hopefully their recruiting class brings in some some ringers because right now offensively, that is a team that is one heavy on one side of the ball right now in its defense. And so getting their offense to, I say, move the ball, pass, run at this point i'll be like hey i don't care if it's a pass game even though i'm a running back let's get the pass game let's get something going right like we we we're not scary we don't scare people when we come on the field with our offense production side of it to where we make defenses um having to adjust to stop us they don't have to do much to stop us you know running the ball or passing the ball and that's the problem yeah, it's one of the few times where it feels like going to a bowl game might have hurt your recruiting. I don't want to say it did or not, yeah. but it just feels like offensively after a performance like that, some of those wide receivers, quarterbacks you may have had in that upcoming class uh, might be feeling a little uneasy about the direction of the offense because it's clear that there's going to be changes offensively on how they want to continue 100%. going forward. Snow, if you are one of those players possibly going to Iowa, you're going to double think things. But not all the players, special teams player. Uh, Iowa was able to b- break a record. You got to shout out Tory Taylor has set the NCAA record for punt yards in a single season. So there is that going for Iowa there punters. It is still special teams university for the most part. Um, so they don't have to worry and about tight end. You, yeah, I can't I forget. What the that's tight end that's is right the now. most like thing that I can't put my finger on is Iowa. You think of the NFL caliber tight ends, offensive yeah. linemen they put in there. Report is at Detroit. You got Kettle and mm-hmm. San Francisco. And I, mean, I think it's a few more floating around. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And they, even in college, they're good tight ends, but they don't have those receiving. You don't see that offensive prowess that they end up getting groomed right. up to be in the NFL, but they always have that foundation. So just another thing for Iowa, uh, continue to search for that offense. I can't imagine there won't be changes heading into next year's football season, but nonetheless, they did have a punter break the record for most punting yards in a single season. With that being said, though, we will go ahead and throw okay. the break here on the Amon Green Show. Harrison at the Ticket Studios. Amon Green, of course, host of the show, streaming in. We'll talk to you guys on the other side.